What's up, good people? My name is Malika Oka, aka Micah. Part one of Post Hip Hop Dance, Then Now and Beyond, involves a set of interviews conducted by yours truly in an attempt to start the conversation of hip hop dance and what we are seeing today. The term post hip hop is not to say hip hop has ended or has stopped, but a way to view foundations and how they still live in hip hop dance of today and beyond. In this episode, I interviewed Trey Turner of Chicago, Illinois, owner and runner of the hip hop dance company Boom Crack. We discussed his own views and personal experiences of hip hop dance as a dancer, teacher, choreographer, and mentor. And now, let's get into it. I'm doing this project on this theory of post-hip-hop because, you know, it's been 50 years since hip-hop first started, um, and a lot of people are talking about how hip-hop dance has changed, specifically since it's like entered the studios. So this is actually why I'm taking a class, because I wanted to focus on your specific dance style and um, kind of analyze it, because um, what initially started me with this project was I went to Monsters Dance Convention, and I was like, oh, yes, hip-hop, yeah, and I was like, no, this isn't hip-hop, and then, like, contemporary, so I just want to start off with how have you personally seen hip-hop dance evolve since you first got involved with it? Um, I think it evolved in multiple stages, but... Um, it evolved from being a social culture. It still is a social culture. But a social culture that was devoid of industry. And now it's two things. It's a, it's, a, it's a community of people, it's a culture of people, and there's an industry involved. So, you know, the money that Grandmaster Flash could have made as a DJ inventing the scratch, he could have been a billionaire if you transported him to today. There was no social media. There was no. There was. He had to just grind out in New York. New York's a small place considering the planet. So he didn't really get the chance to, you know, flourish like he should have. So we're really kind of like progressing on the shoulders of of, of kings. But I think it was a very social thing. It's a very thing that you had to discover. Um, and then I think in the the nineties and two thousands the industry started to like bubble up mm-hmm. because you had like hip hop dance starting to come like you could dance for Leo, you could dance for, you know, a boy band or you could dance for something like that and whatever. But it started to kinda get a little crazy. Now depending on where you are, it, it can still be a thriving thing or not, depending on where you live in America. But um I think I think the the first kind of like hint of a negative in the culture is social media. Social media definitely, social media creates a magnitude of knowledge with no wisdom. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. So um, there, there's this, there's this pulling, there's this like love hate relationship with with social media and that and stuff like that. But I think in the eighties and nineties, you discovered it. It was raw. It was new. You felt like you were the only person doing it. You and your little small crew, and you guys would go out and battle and get into fights and do all this craziness because you just loved it so much. You're so passionate about it. And now it's like everything's a business. It's a brand kind of situation. But I think, um, I honestly believe this wholeheartedly. 
I don't care if you're a freestyler. I don't care if you're industry focused. In, the, in 2022, it's the worst time to become a dancer, a hip-hop dancer, and a hip-hop choreographer. It's the worst time in the history of hip-hop. It's the worst time. Why? It's the same thing. Um, all elements of hip-hop are connected. So what affects one element of hip-hop affects the other. Mm-hmm. Everybody can DJ. Everybody can rap. Now everybody can freestyle. No, not, no, you can't. Everybody can choreograph. No, you can't. Because it's a rite of passage because you have to do the work. Mm-hmm. So the work is taken out because everybody wants to take out the gatekeeper. So now everyone can just do whatever they want and be a superstar right away. So there's this big shift. But I would say those are the main elements. Like it was raw and then it got a little bit broader and you could, there was a more expansive, um, you would hear hip hop on the radio and hear hip hop like you would see videos and stuff like that. And obviously now that it's become an industry, now it's everywhere. So you know, if you're if you're 16 years old, you don't know what the world is without hip hop. It's always been there. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you're older, it's like you realize that you had to discover the shit. Like it always wasn't here. So that's how I feel about that question. And that was a long answer. No, I love it. It's very helpful. Um, you kind of already answered this question, but do you think media has enhanced hip hop dance or caused conflict? It caused conflict. Without a doubt. The um, the, the 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 music industry, entertainment industry, uh, performing arts in regards of hip hop, it's ninety percent business and ten percent talent. So that means that there's a lot of dancers out here who have major platforms, major platforms of social media, and didn't do the work. There's people who are doing way bigger things, way more foundational things, way more. Uh, mentoring and guiding and, and still living on these hip-hop philosophies in chirps. Like, you just never know they were there. So that's the upside of it. The, the, the hustler can out can out, can outweigh the freestyler. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, uh, and I, and it's the same way with anything. Like You can be a freestyler and blow up and no one in your whole city knows who the fuck you are because you ain't around. You're just in your bedroom doing whatever. Now you got some followers and mm. Like it's weird, you know what I'm saying? So yes. I've seen people, I've seen people like, in like people in in this community, Chicago community, take house classes mm-hmm. from like a person that flew out from France. The fuck you doing? You in the birthplace of this shit? So your mentality is backwards because these people already been here. These people been here. You didn't care about it until people started calling you out for your tech or. Foundation became important, so now you have to go find these people. So now it's like, you know, people following false prophets and doing all this other shit. But yeah, it, it's this definitely put a bump in the road to where the resume is no longer important. Now it's the social media number is important. Mm-hmm. So it, it's how you push and how you do things on social media. So it's weird. Where's it first? Cool. And then my final big question that I want to ask you a few questions specific to your craft. Um, Do you think 50 years after the initial start of hip-hop culture, and specifically the dance form, could we argue we are in an era of post-hip-hop? Everything in life is 360 degrees. We know that already. Mm. I mean, when you go back to... um, There was an era to where uh, Poor Righteous Teachers is where Bustle Rhymes come from. Jungle Brothers, De La Soul, uh, Tribe Called Quest. They were all called something. And there was this like 
a lot of information being told from these songs. You can educate yourself on philosophy and, and black culture and, and um, Asiatic, black man, black person, black culture, um, dysphoria. You can look, probably all this do hip hop, all this like these vibes, but um, everything in life is 360 degrees. So when I was in my 20s, when I was in my early 20s, there was a shift. The shift was all, like, rock and roll was the number one genre in the world for almost 80 years straight. Nothing, not even Motown, not even all the, or not disco or whatever. It was always rock and roll, it was always top. And then all of a sudden, you saw, like, Rage Against the Machine, fusing hip-hop and rock. You saw Limp Biscuit, you saw Corn, Marilyn Manson, you saw all these groups starting to form. And then you saw, like, Lincoln Park. Like, Lincoln Park and Jay-Z had a collaborative album. You saw that, and then they all just disappeared. So I mean, hip hop just—it's been hip hop for the last thirty-five years. So now it's going to shift back. It's going to shift back to where something else becomes the thing, and hip hop is just going to kind of sit in the mix. Mm -hmm. So I think we're not in the post era of hip hop. We're in the hip hop is not fresh anymore era. So where it's like it's everyone can consume it. Mm -hmm. So everyone's waiting for the new thing. So black people can only create so many cultures. It takes a while. So, um, hip hop won't, I don't think it's post, but I do think it's, I think it's the, the, the cool factor is gone. Mm. Like, if you got a homie, he says he raps, you roll your eyes, you're like, mm -hmm. everybody fucking raps. So, we're in this era to where the coolness is gone. I would say the freshness. It's we're in the, like this to where it's starting to get to where the point of um, hip hop doesn't have that mystique anymore. It doesn't mm. have, like, you know, if you saw someone do, like you went to a b-boy battle and you saw someone do um, an air flare into a 1990 into some, and now you're just like, I've seen this shit on, on fucking Instagram. Like, you're not even excited about this shit anymore. So, I think we're in that era to where we're going to have to go back. You have to go back to go forward. So everyone has to become a purist. Everyone has to go back and kind of, mm, and then hip-hop has to dig itself out. So I think maybe a re-emergence era, maybe we're in that. But we're definitely in an era to where it's just gonna burn out this next decade, like mm. you know. And even with hip hop music, hip hop music's taking the biggest hit. I don't think dance is taking the biggest hit. I think hip hop music has taken the biggest hit. Why? Because all the future legends that would have had successful careers are dead. All of them. XSX and Tassiano's dead. Pop Smoke's dead. Nipsey Hussle dead. Like you can count. You can we can go on and count, 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 count. Mm. But all anybody that was gonna have some influence, Young Dolph, dead. Like, it, or, or locked up, but it, they're all gone. So that puts a big thing, Juice World, gone. Mm -hmm. So there's, so you have all these whack, because I feel like people talk about how like how dope Little Baby is. I'm like, Little Baby's not dope. He's only dope because everyone else is dead. So you have to listen to him. It, it doesn't make any sense. So we're in this era of where rap is in a very rare place, but I think dance, we just have to go back and find that thing and pull ourselves out. We really do. We have to just pull ourselves out of it. And I think, um, you know, it, it's easy um, for that influencer. Like you can be like 18 years old in your bedroom and you're like, I want to start to do hip hop. And you find all these false idols instead of like, okay, who like who's Mr. Wiggles? Who's mm -hmm. Poppin' Pete? Like go back and who's Poppin' Taco? Like you got to go back and find where these things come from. So hopefully people have OGs in their community and people who can teach and educate properly and, and go from there. But um, 
Chicago is a very weird place because Chicago is in the middle of everything. So, you know, there's people who missed out on taking classes from legends because, you know, um, Monsters of Hip Hop used to have Wiggles, Poppin' Pete, um, um, Luther Brown, obviously, but there were there were like at least five or six like foundational people on Monsters of Hip Hop, and then over time they started switching the format to match social media because mm-hmm. they had to. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's industry. They're trying to pay their bills. Um, Andy and Becky Funk, who own um, Monsters of Hip Hop, and they're both technically trained. So they had to switch. They had to put Ian Eastwood on the bill. They had to put mm-hmm. these whack-ass people on the bill to to keep people coming. Yeah. So, but I, I, t- I took probably 20 classes from Wiggles at Monsters over mm-hmm. 15 years. Um, because he was he wasn't teaching all over the place. He was in New York, maybe a little bit in China, Japan, teaching or whatever. But um, yeah, so I don't think it's post, but I do think something's happening. Yeah, I do think something's happening. Yeah. I want to ask you two more questions, yeah. and then I will wrap this up. But what do you think? Do you, what do you think about Steezy? Do you think that they teach? No. Just what do you think about Steezy in general? Steezy started out as a blog. I have an interesting relationship with Steezy. Mm-hmm. You can look it up. It's it's still on their um, original.com. They have a blog. Mm-hmm. And remember when blog days were on, like, 2014, 2015, everyone had a blog, online blog. And so what they would do is they would follow um, Prelude around. Um, they would follow Prelude around. Wherever Prelude went to, to compete, they would follow them around and interview the top three winning teams. So my company won one year, and I think we got second that year, second or third, and we were pissed. We were just pissed. Because we know we did our best and whatever. Mm-hmm. So politics or judging panel or whatever, cool. So the Steezy uh, interviewer wanted to interview my director. She interviewed all the top three. And, she, and I was already heated. And she, the first thing she asked me, I look, I look online, what does LA have that you went, what is, what do you, what do you wish? She, she phrased it like very condescendingly, like, what is, what do you wish Chicago had that LA has? Cause LA's the place. I was like, my literal, I was like fumbling my words. I was like, LA has nothing. Chicago has everything. We have our own cultures here. We don't need LA. And she was like flabbergasted. Like, this was when like the company and Choreo Cookies and all these other mm-hmm. big teams were winning all over the place. So California was the mm-hmm. epicenter. But I was like, come on. Like, don't come to someone's city and then berate them. I was lighting her ass up every single question, and she did not like it, and I didn't like her either, but she didn't expect that from me. She expected me not to know and just give her some political mm-hmm. answer. I'm like, no. Nah. Like, we have, this is the, the Chicago is a perfect place for someone to come up as a dancer, because you can come up as a freestyler and get into choreo, or you can do vice versa, mm-hmm. or you, there's so many things mm-hmm. you can learn. And I think... There's so many environments. The city's so massive. So that's one thing that California doesn't have. California's a big state, but it's like to go from L.A. to San Diego is a very long trip. It don't take long to get to the south side from here. Mm-hmm. It don't take yeah. long to get to the west side from here. It don't take long to get to a dance studio downtown somewhere. So it's a little bit more compact for us, but I lit her ass up. I, don't, I do not like Steezy. They do not provide anything, and they have an extreme extreme lack of people of color teaching on their fucking mm. platform. And that's fucking bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. Like, if you're going to have a platform, if you're going to have a platform 
you're gonna have a, they have like a podcast now. They have all this other stuff. If you're gonna have this stuff, then make sure it's equal. If you're gonna mm-hmm. provide something and provide knowledge, don't provide knowledge for just one specific type. Provide knowledge for all. I don't see no, I don't see no, no legends on those shit. I see like little little hype beast bullshit Instagram dancers on there. I don't fuck with that shit, dude. So any like during the pandemic, a lot of people had to they had to go to STZ during the pandemic because there was nothing else to do. Uh, but I don't fuck with that shit, dude. Uh, I hate it. I don't. I don't. I think it's a, you know, it's it's good for some, but you know, I don't think it's a, a it's a false positive to me. So. Word. And then my last question is: So Rennie Harris, he talked about how. Um, kind of commercialized dance, they take the attitude and gestures of rappers and put that into the choreography. I don't know if you could speak to that, because I noticed even just today, you put that into your choreo. I, only, I, I, I teach a very specific gambit of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And I call it, like, I don't even teach, I don't even like to say I teach hip-hop. I teach, I teach um, black dance is what I call it. I teach, I teach industry black dance. I only choreograph, like, I don't choreograph Justin Bieber. Yes. Fuck, I'm choreographing the rap for. I only choreographed is something I experienced. You feel me? I only yeah. choreograph the stuff that I I know vocabulary for, and that I I learned from a young age, and I just keep I just keep recycling it because that's what I offer. I don't switch. I don't do if you took my class ten years ago, the shit like my my movements evolved, but the aesthetic is the same. The thought is the same. But rappers are heroes. In my eyes, because I, I remember listening to Eric B. and Rakim for the first time. I listened. I remember listening to Wu Tang and like obsessed. I have a Wu Tang tattoo in my arm, like obsessing about this shit. So um, that that braggadocio bravado microphone handling it comes into my movement because I want to try to bring that rawness and that thought from the MC and the sentence into the body. Um, and I've trained a lot of non-people of color to be choreographers and I've trained them really well not to be fake Mm. you have a boundary that you can go to you gotta be careful you gotta make sure that you you stay in your comfort zone and have these these stories to tell but still push it because you can't push it from a black perspective but um, like the only reason why I wear a hat is because of Jay-Z there's only things there's certain things that I do because of what I've seen and, and, and what I've discovered and what I've what I've what I've done. So um, I think that rawness of it it speaks volumes to me. Like I've seen, and this is this it's a it's a it's an experience for me, but it's not the most positive thing. But I've been to Wu Tang concerts and seen dudes get punched in the fucking face, like just off the rawness of the shit. So that energy has to go within the movement. And if you're an outsider looking in, you're like, what the fuck is this shit? It's, it doesn't match the cookie cutter shit that I see. It's because it's the experience that matters. So um, the song that we just did for class, like he's from, the, the rapper from Harlem. So I'm not going to put any movement that is not reflective of that area. I've never been to Harlem, been to New York, but I'm not going to force feed the movement. I'm going to map it and map out the experience through me and be the vessel and then make sure that my students are the vessel. So... I kind of, it's, it's weird with that. I think the commercialization of, of dance has to happen because it's industry. Mm. Like, think about it. Like, really, when you think about it. Like, like, you can close your eyes and think about it. Like, go back and retro back to 1982. 
Hip hop's not in studios anymore. You, your white family is coming from New Jersey and you're in Times Square and you see, uh, you see fucking uh, uh, a breakdancing crew for the first time. Like, what the fuck is that? And your son is like, what the fuck is that? So where's the connection? You can't let your son go with these hood motherfuckers. Where? So you have to, you have to bridge the industry and the culture, because ain't nobody gonna go to the block to learn how to do nothing if it stays wrong. If it stays, if it stays ours, then ain't nobody gonna learn anything. Ain't nobody gonna make no money to make it out. So there has to be some commercialization. The real question is, because because Rennie Harris is correct. The real question is. Is, are people taking advantage of the commercialization? And the answer is yes. What's that percentage? No one knows. But the question is that we now live in a society now to where it's like, yo, you see somebody do something, something whack, call them out on that. You have the balls to do it. If somebody's pedigree doesn't match up, you gotta call them out. If someone calls themselves a freestyler, but don't go to sessions, don't go to battles, they just freestyle in their room and they call themselves a freestyler, that's not a freestyler. They need to be called out. Because again, yes, you, you can you can blow up doing doing TikToks in your fucking room, dude. So um, we have to be careful on, on who we surround ourselves with and make sure that what we're doing is inspiring, what we're doing is positive, and just keep it moving. I, I we can't we can't look, we can't go back, you know, we go forward. So if we're influencing on a positive level, we own popping. We're in the right place, we have the right trajectory, and we're gonna go. As far as the universal electric go, so that's how I feel about it. I just I can't I can't focus on that kind of shit. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the conversations today. Make sure to follow the Instagram at Beyond HH Dance for more info on the podcast and to get connected with me. Shout out to B Five for making this beat, and as always, stay grooving.